Welcome to another edition of Easy Jazz Spotlight. He's one of the busiest people in jazz. Guitarist and composer Jason Gessel of Wisconsin is coming out with his first album, entitled The Shakedown, 11 enchanting tracks of instrumental jazz. His band, called Jason and the Jazzernauts, performs throughout the U.S., playing accessible jazz to appeal to a variety of music lovers. On top of it all, Jason runs his own record label with his wife. Host Ken Boyd talks with Jason about his journey, starting when he was very young, and disliked jazz music. If participating in the world of music is a journey and adventure, then Seattle-based guitarist Jason Gessel is its Indiana Jones. Wow. Jason, welcome to the Jazz Spotlight. Uh, thank you. It's been great to have you here. I know you're a busy guy. We're going to talk about your tour and all that kind of stuff, and I want to find out more about your band and, and what you're doing and your album, of course, The Shakedown. But let's start <laughs> at the beginning. How did you get involved in jazz? Well, let me put it to you this way. Yeah, where did just tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay. Well, I grew up in a small town in Wisconsin, Maribel, Wisconsin, and um, my high school band director loved jazz. So we had three jazz big bands in a high school of 400 people. Wow. And uh, when I was in sixth grade, I was really, I was already playing guitar when I was in, in third grade and I joined band and, and stuff. And then in sixth grade, she's like, hey, you should be in jazz band and you can go to jazz camp. So I went to jazz camp, but at that time I was really into, this was the eighties. So I was really into, you know, Def Leppard, poison metallica and i had this pink guitar with yellow and blue splash paint and she sent me to jazz camp and um and i didn't like jazz at the time and I, and i get there and um and and it was a really cool experience there's all these great guitarists that are in high school really amazing players that could play all the stuff i love plus they could play jazz standards and they started you know showing me kind of the ropes of seventh chords and stuff and i and at that point i'm like oh this is really cool and then the instructor there was like, hey, if you can play jazz, you can play anything. All I wanted to do was shred metal, but <laughs> I was going to say um, Def Leppard, jazz, <laughs> similar yet different. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So he's like, well, you know, take these these jazz techniques and practice them, and you'll notice that your chops will get way better, and you'll be able to play fast in no time. Well, that went down a totally different rabbit hole because I'm like, well, who's this John Coltrane person? Who's this Miles Davis? Then right. Wes Montgomery, mind blown. Then Pat Martino, mind even more blown. So <laughs> um, then I just kind of switched over right away. By seventh grade, I was, you know, practicing all day long, you know, no sports, nothing. Just locked myself in my room, collected CDs. Um, I guess at first it was cassette tapes. I go to my, because that was the, yeah, it was like. Thing back like, then early 90s a friend of mine his dad had a really big jazz vinyl collection cool and i'd go over there and he'd play me all this vinyl and have the cassette de deck recording and when i was ever like oh i like that jazz song he's like great we'll record the vinyl right onto that tape for you and every time i went there i left with a 90 minute tape full of jazz that i heard for the first time so that was, that was really cool that he did that for me so your, your teacher actually said to you hey join the jazz band and take the lessons and stuff like that yeah, yeah, because she knew I was just like this punk rocker kid that thought, you know, rock and roll and, right, and, right. and metal was the way to go. But she knew that I was so interested in the music that if I started, um, if I just was introduced to jazz in the right way by some of my peers and some high school kids at a jazz camp, I would I would I would listen to it and, and check it out. And I, and I did. And then just, yeah, yeah the story, jazz rabbit hole. <laughs> no kidding. Interesting. Crazy, though, huh? 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. So as, as you know, success for you came early as a teenager. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Um, well, then in, in high school, you, you said you were seven playing jazz. Like, come on. No, 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 no. It's seventh grade. Oh, seventh sorry. Grade. Seventh grade. Yeah. yeah still, grade. right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Still it, was, it was still pretty early. So it took me, you know, middle school and high school to really get it going. And then I had peers just I was lucky enough to have um, friends in my class, a friend that played trombone, trumpet, uh, upright bass and drums. And they all we had a little combo. We um we went to, you know, the jazz festivals. I got to do the Wisconsin All-State and the Wisconsin Honors Band. And then in summer, and Wisconsin's a pretty good jazz state. Like I go to universities for their jazz camps and stuff all through high school. And then in then I went to college in Eau Claire, Wisconsin, um, where the famous Jeff Keezer is, Jeffrey Keezer is from. And uh, Ron Keezer, his dad was my teacher. He taught me wow. composition in theory. Uh, and then um, I got to play in jazz one there for a couple of years. And, um, and then... Started playing around uh, Minneapolis, St. Paul, and um, moved there and played. These are paid gigs. Paid gigs, yeah. So when I was 18 and went to college in Eau Claire, right when I got there, there was a lot of little coffee shops, steakhouses, you name it. There was jazz all over. And I was playing, yeah, I was playing every night of the week. Um, ended up dropping out of school because I was playing so much in Minneapolis. Moved there, which is a couple hours away from Eau Claire, and played every night for five years. Um, just what you know, just you know, you know, fancy wallpaper. An upright bass player, me would play for four hours, jazz standards, you know. Yeah. And uh, then I got a little bored, and in two thousand one, I moved to Seattle just to uh, just have a little adventure. And um, was in Seattle for twenty years, and I freelanced out there. So at first it was jazz, and then um, Seattle has a booming and big music scene of all styles. I, I was going to ask you that was my next question. You're from Wisconsin, but why did you move to Seattle, a city by the sea? Uh, it was just it, I was twenty four and in for an adventure. I didn't know anybody there. My girlfriend at the time was like, hey, I'm bored in Wisconsin. Are you bored or in, in Minnesota? I'm like, yeah, I'm bored in Minnesota. Like, let's pack up the car and just find a place online and move there. We can always move back. Let's just sign a three-month lease, you know? Yeah. Let's just do it. We're young. so Why not? We, yeah. So we moved out there and it was pretty cool. I got introduced to, um, I started doing a lot of electronic music on guitar in, um, because it was the early 2000s. So drum and bass and IDM was really big and uh start doing that still played jazz gigs eventually got introduced to there's a big country scene there it's kind of like 70s outlaw country and country swing uh trad jazz kind of like django jazz is big um ended up getting picked up by a brazilian group so i got to do a lot of brazilian music um and every day was an adventure for for many many years <laughs> yeah what is it about jazz as opposed to any other music because you obviously did play rock and roll and stuff like that when you were young mm -hmm. right? yeah um I, what makes it so special for you, Jason? I, I think I just like the harmonies. Um, I really like the sound of a diminished chord. I really like the sound of a half diminished chord going to an altered five, going to a like a minor major seven chord. I love that. And you're not going to, you can find that in, you know, um, world music and Brazilian music, but you're not going to find that in pop music. And I, and the fact that you can take, you know, as introduced to Coltrane changes and you can just take Coltrane changes and superimpose them on anything that again, blew my mind. Improvisation. Yeah. Like I freedom. love, yeah. love the freedom and the fact that like you could take any chord progression and superimpose it over like a one, four, five style song and you could justify it as jazz harmony. And then if, you know, it's just, and it just sounds so cool to me. Like I, I love bebop. I love just, how Charlie Parker weaves his lines in and out. Like that's, um, there was a point, I, you know, I tell 
when people ask me my favorite song and they're like, Oh, you know, they all, they'll list a Beatles song or, or something. I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll list something that's like, that's an instrumental. <laughs> like, I'm, no. I'm like, I'm sorry. That was a part of my life where I had, you know, 500 CDs and two of them had vocals. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's great though. That's yeah. Great. But yeah. I do love all styles of music. There was a point in time where I um, built a recording studio in Seattle and would produce singer songwriters. There's a lot of singer songwriters out there. And that was a lot of fun. People would bring their original music to me and I would, you know, hire a bass player and a drummer and, and organ or Rhodes or something. And, and I'd play guitar and we would dissect their songs and produce it from the ground up. Um, that Pretty was like, exciting. yeah, it was like the mid two thousands and a lot, they all wanted to sound like Wilco. So I'm like, well, I love Nels Klein. Let's give it a Nels Klein flavor here and let's do this. And I produced a couple dozen songs for people. Um, nothing that really went on to, to make it big, but you know, they played around Seattle and did gigs and put out CDs and, and yeah, it was, so you do everything, songwriting, producing uh, guitar, all of it. Yeah. Yeah. Good for yeah. you. Good for you. Yeah. Talk about your band. Um, the Jazzernauts? Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, the Jazzernauts is something I've been trying to do a guitar quartet. It's been my lifelong goal to do a guitar quartet, piano, upright bass, and drums. And I've did a couple demos in studios in Seattle over the over the last, you know, I think the I guess 10 years when I was there, nothing like totally turned out. You know, I'd get my favorite, you know, I'd hire hire guys to come in and play and my favorite players in Seattle, amazing musicians, um, but nothing really gelled. You know, we never sounded like a band. It just sounded like they were, they did a, everybody did a great job, but it just didn't sound like a band. So I never used any of those recordings to put out a record. And then um, in 2000 or 2021, uh, my wife and I, um, we moved to Wisconsin just to be closer to my folks. They're 86 and 90. Right. And uh, <laughs> seasoned uh, citizens. Yes, yeah, and they still live on their own in their own Good in their own them. place. Oh man, yeah, they're slowing down, but they're they're still they're still doing it, which is awesome. Fantastic, yeah. So move move back to be around them, and then I had ties in Wisconsin. My wife and I have a jazz duo um, that's called Sunday Mister Gessel, and we've been doing that full time for almost ten years. It's been our full time job: small house concerts and theaters all over the U.S. So we had a bunch of connections, two booking agencies that would book us in the Midwest and a bunch of connections in the Midwest too. So it was an easy move. We're like, oh, we already have gigs there. We were going back twice a year for gigs. Let's just move to Wisconsin, be close to my folks. And we knew the scene in the Fox Valley, they call it, from Green Bay to Fond du Lac, which includes Nina Menasha, Appleton, Oshkosh. It was a great jazz scene, a lot of good players. So I started going to jam sessions and, and meeting old friends that I didn't see for 20 years and meeting new friends of the you know younger guys in their you know late 20s, early 30s that are phenomenal musicians. And um, they're, everybody's real inviting. So it was just a, a really cool thing to just move to a place and, and see this blustering <laughs> uh, jazzy. Uh, there's also a few big bands there and I haven't played big bands since college. So I get hired to go and play big bands, which I love. I can, I'll be Freddie green all day. Like just <laughs> chunk, chunk, chunk with those horns going. Oh man, there's nothing better than that. Yeah. Um, I have finally have the opportunity to do that. There's not really many big bands in the Seattle area. It's more rock pop country stuff, indie rock. Yeah, so. would be in Seattle, yeah. Yeah, so it was cool to do that. And I met this um, drummer and I knew that he played with this bass player and piano player out of Eau Claire, Wisconsin. And all three of them went to Eau Claire probably back in like the 
between 2000, right, the bass player and drummer went to University of Wisconsin-Eau Claire in 2008 to like 2013. And they played with this piano player who I have on the record, Josh Gallagher, who went to the Dave Brubeck School. Right. And Josh is phenomenal. I knew him, remember him from the 90s when he was nine years old and playing like take five and, and just shredding on the piano. He was a child prodigy. And uh, I'm that Gallagher, was, yeah. Yeah, and he's just phenomenal. And um, he played with Jeremy's the bass player, and I've always loved Jeremy's playing because I go see him play, and he's that bass player that that doesn't bring an amp. Like, he'll mic his bass, but he just pulls on that thing and has that Ray Brown, you know, he goes for that Ray Brown sound and that feel. And uh, <clears throat> and him, uh, so Josh, Jeremy, and Mike have been playing together for over a decade as a trio. And every time I heard them, they just moved as a unit. They are having fun. You could tell they loved each other. So, and love playing with each other. So I'm like, Hey man, I have a, I have a bunch of originals and I want to make an original jazz record. It's like been a lifelong goal of mine. And like, would you guys take four days in the studio with me and record my songs? I'll send you charts and let's do this. And it, it was the best four days I've ever spent in the studio with a, with a group of musicians. They were just so nice. So accommodating. They learned my songs. They knew them better than me <laughs> that's helpful right <laughs> yeah so we got there just like from the first note when i heard the how they played together and and and, and finessed my songs i could just close my eyes and not think about the chord changes not think about anything and just play and that's that that's a real treat What's so magic? yeah it's magic yeah yeah, yeah. and, and you, I'm got, like, you spent four days together you said to do this yeah wow yeah yeah one day per player <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah, we went in on Thursday and we just uh, set up and then rehearsed all day. We just set up in a circle in the middle of the studio and just just played played all day. And then um, Friday, um, we went back in and set everything up, got the drums in, in, in a booth so they wouldn't bleed into the awesome grand piano. And the grand piano got the big room and got the bass far away. And then I, I was in some gobos on the side and we could see each other. And, you know, that that takes a long time. That's like four, five, six hours of just placing yourselves and then getting comfortable with headphones on to play magically. A little restricting. <clears throat> yeah. Um, but that night was cool. The first three songs we did there, I think we went with um, two of them. It was like the very first song we recorded. It was the first take. We wow. did six takes because I'm like, well, I don't know. You know, you start second guessing like, oh, maybe this. And it we went with the first take. I think that was um, Stepping on the Ave. That's the very first, that's the very first record button of the whole session. Cool. And I, you know, after I got the tracks, I listened back. I'm like, man, that has some magic. So. Yeah. You know, and did any songs, did you work with any songs and they, they ended up as a different, they sort of ended up in a different result than you originally had in your mind's eye when you were, when you wrote it, you're arranging it, thinking about it, then you cut it or you were rehearsing it and you went, Hey, we could try this or try that. Um, not in the studio, um, just because um, Mike, the drummer, lives a few blocks from me in Oshkosh, Wisconsin, and yeah. he has a studio in his basement. And um, and he's like, hey, we're going to do this record. Let's just try to get together like every other week for a while. And, uh, you know, okay. we, can, we can record the songs. You know, you can take them. It'll just be me and you. We'll record them. We'll try the tempos. We'll try some styles. And he had some good input, like Can't Get Out of My Head was a swing song. And he's like, how about we try this as a samba? And we did. I'm like, oh, that's a totally different thing. That's really cool. Yeah. And then some of the sections when I'm like, well, let's find some drum solos for you. He's like, well, I don't really like um, soloing. He's he's 
he's like, I like, well, he loves a solo. I shouldn't say he doesn't like solo. He loves a solo, but he likes to have solis to work over. He's a big band drummer. He right. runs the Water City Big Band, which is the Oshkosh Big Band of all, you know, the, the teachers and professors at the universities and the pro players all play in this big band. And he leads it. And he was in the Glenn Miller Big Band for a while, right out of high school. Glenn Miller picked him up. Pretty cool. Yeah, so he has those sensibilities. So that's why you'll hear on the Shakedown and Harper Dance, there's little uh, riffs and lines we play in unison together yeah. around the drums. Because Mike's like, I'm not going to be the, I'm not the drummer that's just going to take, you know, 16 bars and just blow. He's like, let's write some stuff. So, right. So that was really cool. Yeah, Mike really helped out uh, making these, taking these songs to the next level. Talk about Big Chart. Big Chart. Um, wrote that one, man. Big Chart and Bill's Waltz are are the two oldest ones. So um, right. Bill's Waltz I actually wrote when I was in when I was seventeen years old, and I and I had a group with um, this bass player John Sullivan who played with I think it's um, Roy Haynes for a long time. He's from Wisconsin. I think he now lives in New York. And we were trying to do original jazz together. We we're just high school kids challenging challenging each other. So that and Bill's Waltz kind of stuck. I'm like, this is a good song. Um, and uh, Big Chart came along when I was living in Minneapolis um, and I was listening to, this is kind of funny, I, I got on a big um, John Zorn kick <laughs> and it doesn't sound like how we know of John Zorn, you know, crazy, you know, uh, yeah. Naked City stuff, but he did put out some records, um, trio stuff that was swing where he was doing stuff more like um, Ornette Coleman trio. And uh, and there's a couple of riffs in there and a couple of cool things the way he was formulating his songs, and that's what inspired me to write Big Chart. Cool. And Jazz Camp is that a, a sort of a tribute to your days as a kid in the Jazz Camp? That is. That is. Awesome. That is. Yeah. So, yeah. If we want to get nerdy on the theory on that one, <laughs> instead of a uh, two five ones, I have five two ones because you know where you are Jazz Camp and you're just learning. You're like, wait, is it two five one or five two one? You know. Right. Right. I make the chord changes dyslexic from what you're supposed to be. <laughs> and, yeah. and, and it sounds, I think it sounds cool. It gives it a cool, like the chords just kind of keep moving instead of sounding like they resolve after, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's great. Yeah, it's fabulous. And title of the uh, album is The Shakedown. Yeah, that's the newest song. So I wrote that just a few years ago. Um, and that was just, uh, it. it I, I, I was just like, you know, one day I just woke up and I'm like, I'm kind of hearing something. And I was walking around the house singing that melody. I was yeah. kind of singing the melody. I'm like, hey, that's something. That's something. I grabbed my guitar and it pretty much came out within an hour. That song was written. Crazy. I was going to ask you that. What kind of writer you are? Do you wake up in the middle of the night and just start writing? Or do you get up in the morning? Or do you have a set time? Like, you know, some people write in the morning or they'll write at night, you know, and they sort of stick to that little desk routine. Or are you more spontaneous writer? No, not spontaneous at all. It's all in the morning. So like I generally wake up. I'm I'm an early riser. I think my whole family, Wisconsin farmers, for some reason, I'm up with the sun. It's between right. six and seven. Even if I go to bed at three in the morning, six thirty, I'm wide awake. I mean, I'll be sleeping again at noon if I don't get enough sleep. But my yeah. golden hour is like six thirty until ten thirty. So since I I know that I try to make sure that I'm doing something productive and creative. So I get up, make, you know, throw some coffee on and grab my guitar and then just, you know, I just start improvising and then yeah. see, see what comes out. And, um, and I'll get on a kick for a while where I'll write, 
we've been in Florida here doing shows for the last three weeks. And um, I, every morning I've been getting up and writing stuff and I wrote three songs in the last three weeks and it's been, for you. it's been really cool. So uh, I already got the start to a second, you know, jazz or knots record. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Now is that, do you think that part of the reason is because you're on the road on touring currently and it's just sort of, it sort of lends itself to that idea of creative writing with your uh, experience on the road, do you think? Yeah, probably. I mean, you know, we're, we, we're staying in the guest room at a good friend's house in St. Pete's and it's just, a, you know, a comfortable spot, nice weather. And like, I can go take the coffee and sit by the pool outside. And nice. Are at, you know, seven in the morning. There's nothing better than that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. So you've been on a sort of a Florid Floridian tour. Yeah. 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 So okay, my wife and I, with our duo Sunday, Mr. Gessel, we, we, um, our booking agent just this year has hooked us up with being in Florida for about six to eight weeks every winter. So we don't have to be in Wisconsin for exactly you know, half of January and into February and next year it might be into March. So, yeah. and this is your debut album, correct? <laughs> yep. Jazz and us debut album. And it yes. comes out yeah. in May. Is that correct? Yeah. The official release for the whole record is May 19th. I am doing the whole trying to get, I have a good consultant that I'm working with. Um, so I started a record label uh, to put this out and I've been putting, putting out a bunch of friends records too, but I have a good consultant that's it's helping me to get on the, the playlists for all the digital, like Spotify, iTunes. And he's also helping with sync licensing. Um, and his suggestion was to drop three singles and drop the record so that you can keep, you know, pitching it to playlists and getting your name out in the, you know, before yeah present it to the public let's present it for licensing and other things so and it'll sort of yeah it it it, it they call it the waterfall effect so mm, it, i like that it, it's a thing that um that record labels and industry people have been realizing works really well uh for getting a new artist out there um and getting more plays and more clicks on those spotify and itunes things so that's the biz man it's yeah it's, it's the whole new biz it's part of the biz it's part of the biz. It's a whole new world for me. And I'm glad I have Zach holding my hand and, and you know, helping me out with this stuff. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this, this is sort of like pinning you down on this one. I know it's your debut album and you love all your tunes, of course. And, uh, you know, as a creative person you are. But um, what would you say? Do you have a favorite on that album? Do you have a favorite tune? or, or um, No. Yeah, yeah, I I, I kind of do. Ah. And, it, and, it, and it might change. It's... Uh, um, one that's also a newer one that I wrote. It's the black cars and taco bars. Yes. Um, but might, might be my favorite one. That one just is like the, the way the chords flow and the way the whole song flows, just like, um, I could sit and improvise over those changes for hours. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. That's great. Yeah. yeah. Um, you talked about John Coltrane as a child, obviously a child, you were involved in jazz music, all kinds of music early on. Um, would you have a favorite jazz player or musician, uh, or creator, you mm -hmm. know, above all everybody else, or was there any favorites you have in mind or even current uh, people today, even right. Not just legends. Yeah. Um, I, and I, why. yeah, I, I collect vinyl and I like collecting old jazz. It's my favorite. Um, as far as current people, there, there's some, um, Graham Deckner. He's been blowing my mind. Um, and uh, 
Let's see. Mimi Fox just put out a really cool record I just heard. She's out of San Francisco, a tribute to Wes, which is a, like original songs that sound like Wes Montgomery and a couple covers. Yeah. The ones that I really, my ultimate favorite guitar, there's three favorite guitar players I keep going back to. No, four. Say four. Joe Pass. I can never get enough of Joe Pass. And um, Barney Kessel might be my number one because Barney goes all over the map. Like he'll throw some country in, you know, he'll, throw some crazy stuff in, you'll be bebop. Um, I do love, I do have a guilty pleasure. His name is Chet Atkins. Of course. I do like, I'll put on a Chet Atkins solo guitar record and oh man, it's just, it makes my day every time. Played, and my, then, played a lot of him in my radio days. Oh, cool. I just, oh man, I love the sound. I love the way his, his thumb picking and chord chord harmonies and then um one of my other ultimate favorites uh that i based my act off of um with kate is les paul so I'm a, I'm a huge huge les paul fan i like his crazy frills and you know yeah. uh he adds uh and he's not afraid to throw you know some country stuff in on a jazz on a on a jazz tune and i dig that also um, danny gatton's a big fave of mine so i like where country swing meets bebop is uh that's cool is my that's thing a good combo right yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 great so you're on tour now with your wife you guys have a record company as well you and kate yeah and yeah that's going well so good for you boy you just yeah. got it going on you got the whole deal man you got everything in your toolbox for success yeah yeah we're gotta work it it's it, they, you know they say it's a river of nickels so the oh, more rivers, the rivers yeah. you have the more nickels you have flowing so yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> what's next for jason gessel um no uh I don't right now it's all about this, uh, you know, two things, the uh, record label putting out a bunch of cool things coming out on there. And then um, the Jason and the jazz are the next few months doing this. And I'm uh, hooking up, um, trying to book the album release. I'm trying to do an album release tour um, in June. So it's, uh, you know, talking with venues. Well, the official and album release date is May 19th. You have here. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And then um, it turned out that my guys that play on the record are pretty busy in May. So we're going to do uh, the release shows in June. Right. And it must be pretty cool to be touring with your wife. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, nice yep. yeah. So we, and then we just got asked to do a tour of um, the Great Plains in May. So we'll go out and play all those, all those places. So we, we usually go on tour for a month or two or three months and then go back to Oshkosh and just hang and go to jams for a month or two and then go back out again. Well, I say hats off to you, dude, man. You're just doing it. Right? Yeah. <laughs> you're out there killing it. You're creating. Yeah. Right. You're yeah. born to do it. So good for you. All yeah. about jazz.com says Jason Gessel has golden abilities. I like that idea. <laughs> Jason Gessel. Thanks for being a part of our jazz spotlight today. Yeah. Thanks for having me. This has been another episode of Easy Jazz Spotlight. Don't forget to check out our music at easyjazz.fm. <laughs>